This is Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast with your hosts, Brandon Spinner and Michael Burns. And we'll come into another episode of Barrels and Barrels, a bourbon and baseball podcast. I am Brandon Spinner, as always, joined by Michael Burns. Mikey, my man, it is the week. It is here. Opening day is tomorrow. Oh. I'm How always, exciting. always as a Cubs fan, excited for the for opening day because, hey, we we got a chance. It's our year. Mm-hmm. This is the year. That was the sign you'd always see in the bleachers until about June. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, that's on a, on a decent Some years, year. That's pushing it. Yeah, on yeah. a decent year uh, until the mid 2000 teens. Um, but yes, it is opening day. This is our opening day podcast for 2023. Otherwise, how are you doing outside of baseball? Just how how's the last week been for you? Doing good. Busy. You had a fantasy baseball yeah, draft fantasy. this weekend. Busy. Uh, yeah, fantasy baseball draft, pre-draft golf tournament, and then the uh, NCAA men's basketball. That's right. The Bama game was in bet- was right before the draft. So imagine doing oh. a golf scramble, going to the to uh, a friend's house, all watching the dra- uh, the basketball game, and then doing a live auction draft. So you guys weren't tipsy at all. No one, no one got hurt in the process of that day at all. No one. No what about one, feelings? No injuries. No injuries uh, but what about feelings? <laughs> we'll say we, I won't. You know, most of us are men in the group, uh, but we did. We did have. Uh, hey, men have some, feelings too. One, well, maybe one case of the roid rage uh, a little bit. Oh. Man, I didn't know Tommy was like that. <laughs> you think Tommy's on roids? No, no, not at all. Well, you've seen his mustache. You would think that his mustache is on roids. It's a killer mustache. But this is Barrels and Barrels opening day episode. This is going to be our predictions episode. But before we get in to the nitty gritty, I do want to give uh, a big shout out to all of those listeners out there. I talked with Joseph Campbell uh, over the last couple of days. But anybody who listens, we love you. We thank you. And if this is your first time listening to us, thank you for joining and thank you for listening. We hope that we give you the best listening experience possible. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, which some of you may be watching us right there now. Also on Instagram, Barrels and Barrels Pod. And that is the same spot you can find us on Facebook at Barrels and Barrels Pod. Twitter's Barrels and Barrels. And also we've got an email, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're now on Stitcher, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. And please, if you haven't done it already, leave us a review. We've got 13 five-star reviews out of 13 reviews on Apple Podcasts. We need more on Spotify. We need more on YouTube. And we now need some on Facebook because... There's a little turd over the weekend who was not happy with a comment that I made on Facebook. So he downvoted us on Facebook because I made a joke about the Astros. So we need your help. We need the barrels and barrels hive. What do Kristen calls us the barrel heads. I need all the barrel heads to go out there. If you're on Facebook, just go to our Facebook page. If you're not liking us or following us on Facebook, go check us out there. But also leave us a recommendation, five stars hopefully, uh, to get our rating back to the top. That is it for the uh, the business to start off with. Let's jump into the bourbon business. This is a bourbon and baseball podcast, and we're going to start with some of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite releases of the year so far, Michael. This is one that I saw when they were saying it's coming out this year. I was so stoked 
I remember you saying Bardstown Bourbon Company Origin Series. And the Origin Series means this is all their juice. So for the last several years since they opened, I believe it was 2016, they've been putting out bottles like Fusion, Discovery. They've done different collaborations, but a lot of that has been sourced from MGP, some other different distillery juices in there mixed in as well. Like Fusion comes, it's about 60% to 70% their own and then other Kentucky juice. This juice in this bottle here and in this bottle here. Oh, no. We just had our... We did, oh, did you spill? I, I, caught, I caught it. Oh, I thought you just knocked it. the bottle over. I know you almost spilled your Glen Karen. I, well, there's a, a couple drops on the table, but you got to go check that on YouTube. We're going to have to do a reel on this one for Instagram. Uh, but these two bottles, and there's a third one that just released this week or last week, I believe. Uh, that is the rye. We will not be sampling the rye tonight, but we have the white label and the black label. We're going to start off with the white yes. label. Exactly. So this is... Both of them here, Brennan. Got you got both of them. You both of them ready to go, right there with your pink hat. My pink hat for National Women's Month, right? Pink hat, yeah. pink hat, pink shirt. Let's go. And then uh, so, Barksdale right Bourbon here. Company. Yeah, pair of bourbons right there, right in Michael's chest. Uh, <laughs> so, white label. We're jumping in with this Barksdale Bourbon Company Origin Series. This is their high rye bourbon. So, the mash bill on this puppy. And that's the great part of what I love about Bardstown is they put the mash bill right on the bottle for you. Not everybody does that. This is 60% corn, 36% rye, and 4% malted barley. That may ring a bell because that is the exact same mash bill as the high rye from MGP. So they're going the same way because they were sourcing from MGP. Why change the recipe when you know it's been killer and it's been good? That's your brand. It's your name. That's your, that's your profile. So this is a six-year. Uh, it comes in at 96 proof, uh, so 48% alcohol by volume. Again, six years. So they waited two extra years from uh, when a lot of people would be putting out their juice. So six years is going to be out there. And the best part of this, $44.99. Say what? Yeah, so $44.99 just for this white label. For Bardstown juice? For Bardstown Juice, straight up, Origin Series. That is the MSRP. I'm sure you're going to find it other spots where they're jacking up the price. But it should be $44.99, and that's what I bought this puppy at uh, in southwest Ohio. Again, yeah, sure, brag 100, about Yep, yep, 100% Bardstown Juice. BBC, right How there. long you had that bottle, Brandon? Uh, I got it in mid-January. And it's half I, I gone. Got both of, I got both of them in mid-January. Over half gone? <laughs> they're both over half gone. So that tells you how much I have enjoyed it so far. So you poured it. We I poured it. I spilled some of it. Um, How's your and, paper uh, think of it? Uh, my paper survived it. The table and the cardboard box, which I'm using as a prop for YouTube. So that's another shameless plug to go check us out on YouTube because you can see what's going on. You could see my very athletic catch of my Glen Karen falling off the box. Well, you didn't have such uh, small hands, Brandon, then you'd be able to hold all that. <laughs> I got Johnny Bench hands, man. Can hold like seven cheeseburgers. Isn't that what it is? Uh, so, right off the bat, what do you get on the nose? Uh, I'm having trouble picking up notes because I just get like a oily smell right off the bat. I've got an orange peel. That's like the first thing that jumps off into my mind, like orange peel. I definitely don't get like oak. I don't get oak right away. No, it's... I got a little bit of cinnamon, leather, and orange peel. 
I don't have the oak there though. I wonder, maybe, maybe I have, I'm coming out with COVID and can't smell or taste anything. That'd be an awful bourbon review, wouldn't it? Oh, it would be terrible because you're probably going to DFA it then. <laughs> <laughs> this is awful. I couldn't taste or smell. So it's trash. <laughs> uh, we are not to that point yet. Um, yeah. I, very citrus forward for me. Orange peel. I get some lemon zest. Yeah. Yeah. I get, I can get that. I don't get two nostrils. I right? don't get like a deep, uh, Maybe I do get a little bit of deep fruit with the, like a light oak if I really get I'm into this the oak glass. Now. Yeah. Two nostrils, I get the oak. And that's that's how I always do it, baby. Dive right in. <laughs> Two nostrils. Dive right in. But it's got a nice color. Uh it's I it's, think it's not, golden. Yeah. It's maybe a little bit a little bit more brown. I would say golden's more of like the spring. I mean, especially on my camera. And I'm just typing yeah. it golden, but I'd say it's a little darker than it looks. It's not. It's not a, like a light whiskey. It's no, a little it's six years. That. You can you can tell that it's been six years in the barrel. You, know, you got a little palate cleanser there. Or, uh, yeah, uh, I've already been sipping on it. That's why it was poured before the show. Oh, oh. all right then. Hold on. Give your nose, and then when I get acclimated to it, what do you get off right off the bat? Well, on your, I was uh, going to actually talk more about uh, Bardstown while you get acclimated, and then we'll dive into the palate. Uh, if you haven't been to Bardstown Bourbon Company yet, it's one of the coolest experiences. It's one of the most beautiful distilleries. It's very new, but it's more of an experience when you go there. Their kitchen is fantastic. Uh, very good food and the experience itself. You've, you've just got to go check it out. Bardstown itself, the entire city with all the distilleries around, awesome. But if you're in Bardstown, you have to check out Bardstown Bourbon Company, BBC, because it is fabulous. And we're, we're going to have to go there and go check it out as a as a podcast. And if uh, you're in town, I believe mid to late September is the Kentucky Bourbon Fest. So I think that's September 17th and 18th. Uh, I may be wrong. It might be 16th, 17th, and 18th. I'll put that out on uh, our uh, Instagram as well as on YouTube. You can see it actually as I'm talking about it right now. So you've got that uh, first drink, the palate cleanser. What What are you thinking uh, on the on the notes there, Michael? Um, the texture smells just like it tastes. It's oil, It's oily, and it coats your mouth very well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then right away I get into that rye, um, not too spicy mm-hmm. though. It's a good rye flavor. There's a little bit of spice to it. I don't, I think if you handed this to a non bourbon, bourbon aficionado, mm-hmm. they would be like, why is it spicy? <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to pull out more than that. I took the one big sip to get the chew going. But first I just get that rye explosion. Um, as I'm, as I'm talking, and getting a little bit like buttery, um, buttery type mm-hmm. notes on the front of my mouth. Um, still not. Uh, is, that, is, that, is it lingers more? Maybe some oak on the back end, um, but it's not oak heavy. It's not no. oak heavy. It's more butterscotchy heavy. Yeah, I I thought it was thin to start. Like I thought there'd be more legs to it up front. I think it builds a little bit more for me uh, towards the back half of the mouth. I get that orange zest just in that orange peel, just like I did on the nose. And I do have that rye pepper. And it's not a spicy pepper to me. Uh, and I don't think it's overpowering. It's very similar to MGP stuff. Uh, very, It's got a sweetness to it as well for the higher rye mash bill. Um, to me, I, I wrote down 
cinnamon spice on the back end, almost kind of like you have a big red piece of gum. You know how it tingles for a little bit? That's like right. the cinnamon tingle that I get. Yeah. So you know what this reminds me of? And I wonder if you have it right there. Your, the blue popcorn. This is all I can think of. Is when, In the really? back end, is it just sits? This just reminds me of popcorn. If I'm eating popcorn, like you eat popcorn and that butter just sits on your tongue. That's mm-hmm. what I'm, what I could compare this to. I just took a mouthful of good movie theater popcorn and it's just sitting on my tongue. Not up front. Up front, it's definitely got what you're talking about, that that big red spice up front, mm-hmm. the rye. But then as, as I'm done uh, sipping and I'm just enjoying it in my mouth there, it's like I just, I knew you were going to laugh at that. I knew <laughs> As I, as I enjoy my mouth, then yeah. I, it's like I took a handful of movie theater popcorn and uh, ate that, and that's what's on my palate. To me, it's exactly flip flopped. Like it's the front half for me that's the buttery and the sweet and the, um, like the savory, the sweet and savory up front, and then it turns more cinnamony and peppering on the back mm-hmm. end. Um, to me, it builds. Uh, it starts thin and then builds to have a little bit more. I can see what you're saying. Um, it it grows legs the longer you've had it. I would say it's almost like what you're talking about in the front end. You get the buttery. It's like a more like a not caramel taste, but like a you know the caramel candy. It's like you pop mm-hmm. that square into your mouth, but this mm-hmm. is a butter. And then mm-hmm. here comes the rye, followed by some oak, and then the movie theater popcorn. That's my beginning and end right there. Yeah, as we discussed, I'm kind of reverse, but either way, uh, good good thoughts there. Okay, so now's the time. On our Barrels and Barrels, a Bourbon and Baseball podcast rating scale, which goes from Hall of Fame, top of the top, 1% of baseball players make it to the Hall of Fame, followed by All-Star, just underneath the Hall of Famer. Not necessarily going to be uh, the best bottle on your shelf, but it's one of those that you want to back up to the backup. Everyday player comes in after that. That is the guy that's always on your bar, always in your baseball lineup. And then behind that is the bench player, someone who steps in every now and then mixes things up uh you're not pouring this every day or every week but it's something to mix it up and then finally designate for assignment that's the it that's the end get off my team get out of here mikey where do you have this um i think i'm gonna bench this guy um it's got a nice uh i think i'm benching it for the flavor a little bit it's a little too buttery for me not enough oak not enough vanilla Mm -hmm. not enough deep fruit um it's the it got a great, I think, body to it, like uh, the the mm-hmm. oil that co- coats your mouth well. It lingers a little bit, but it's not the right flavor profile for me. It's not oaky enough. It's not. It's a little almost, I guess, too much movie theater popcorn for me. <laughs> you and that popcorn. Uh, I'm gonna go. Um... I'm kind of torn. I'm in between bench and everyday player. I think the thing that makes this more of an everyday player for me is the price. True. Yeah, 44.99. It's hard to beat that. Uh but also it's it I wish that there was a little bit more to it. Like I said, it's a little thin up front. I wish there was a little more of a body to it all around all, but I've got to go everyday player. It's good enough to be on my shelf all the time. I mean, you almost spilled that bottle again. <laughs> yeah, almost, almost. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with everyday player on this one. I mean, I've had a decent amount of it, I'd say. Uh, look at that. Uh, Destroyed. <laughs> and I've only given you that one sample. That's it. 
Aww. Yeah. You're, you're, sample, you're, you're a happy sample giver, you know. And I am. Yeah, that, yeah, so here's the thing. If, if somebody emails us with the first person to email us, I'll give sample to. Bet, bet, I bet you won't. I bet you bet you <laughs> listeners won't. I bet you won't email them. Do it. Free free bourbon. Free bourbon. Barrels and barrels at gmail.com. So again, barrels, the letter N, barrels at gmail.com. First person, I'll send a sample to uh, who sends uh, us an email. So go ahead and do that. Hold <laughs> Michael, on, this Hold on does, a second. Hey. Hold on. Hey. No. Friends and family. Nope. Can I text my wife? Nope. Hey, honey. Honey, go message. <laughs> go, it's, go message Brandon that you uh, listened and want the hey, sample. No friends and family, buddy. <laughs> well, that is it on the first <laughs> bourbon of Bardstown Bourbon Company, White Label, the Origin Series. So go check it out. Uh, Michael goes with the bench. I go with an everyday player. Uh, as he's there, he goes again, trying to text his wife to uh, send an email to get another sample. You are not getting another sample. Just texting my neighbor. Hmm? <laughs> Just texting your neighbor. Yeah, your neighbor. Uh, I'm not sending Fayek one either. So moving on, we uh, are moving on to the baseball portion of this podcast. We are going to dive into our predictions of this podcast. This baseball season, opening day is tomorrow. We are both excited and we are both ready to get down to our predictions. I've been really excited about this here the last couple of weeks. I've had thoughts and I've been planning this. So I'm excited to actually put pen to paper. Yeah. Yep. You, you're pretty confident in your predictions? Oh, I'm very confident. You know what the hardest thing is? Is pre- predicting what will what you believe will actually mm-hmm. happen and what you want to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's called wish casting. But yeah, it, you have to separate the two. You kind of want this to happen, but also, is that realistic? That's the big question. And the cool part is we're going to be able to look back in a couple of months, whether that is October, September, whatever it is, and look back and see, oh, yeah, I made this prediction correct, or I got this prediction completely wrong. So it's cool, it's fun, and I think we're going to have a good time with this. So let's get it done. All right, here we go. Well, that's what's fun about doing these predictions and and putting it on paper and then looking back and being like, God, you suck. (laughs) Yeah, well, let me remember and remind people uh, who didn't suck last year. Who was was the only guy who picked the Astros to win the World Series in our playoff prediction um, show last? Who? who, That wasn't easy. That was a... Pop out pick. Easy schmeasy. Still went against the grain. I I picked the winner. Gonna keep reminding you that. <laughs> so let's get right into it, my man. Uh so we are going to jump right in with the AL East. The AL East matchup. Uh who is your ALES champion uh in the 2023 season? Michael. So I would the only team that's not competitive in that division is the Red Sox. Don't tell they're, they're they're not. They're not going to, there's no chance. I, I would bet money, lots of money, that they would not win the division. Lots of it. You got the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. the Yankees, the Rays, and the Orioles. I think the Orioles are too young. I think the Rays just don't have it. They're, they're a good, they're a decent team, but they don't have it. The Yankees, if a couple of guys click, um, maybe they could, they'll be a good team. They've got Judge, they've got, Eric Cole, they've got Carlos Rodon, the hype around Anthony Volpe. 
but I think that the Blue Jays have mm-hmm. all of it in that division. They've got they've got the hitters. They've got some great pitchers. I think they pull away finally and win the division in the AL East. And I am going to jump right on that train as well. I'm going with the Blue Jays. Yeah, the team, I, I don't think that there's a weak spot in that lineup. You, you look at it uh, from top to bottom, maybe Cavan Biggio? He's platooned, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, right. Like So you've got Vlad, you've got all these guys, and I, I they, you've got a stud rotation. I think you've got two Cy Young candidates right there at the top. Yeah, Bo Bichette. That's another name. Vlad. Yep. George Springer out in the outfield. I mean, geez. Matt Chapman looking to bounce back. And that's another name. And it's going to be hard to beat uh, that team, especially with the Yankees, the injuries that they've had the last couple of weeks with Rodon and all that. So uh, we're both picking the Blue Jays out of the AL East. Now let's head on into the central parts of the United States with the always competitive AL Central. Always competitive. No (laughs) one wants to step up and win and, and try super hard in that division. Yeah, uh, I believe the Guardians won last year with 90 wins, um, but uh, the White Sox were supposed to be the best team in the league last year. They didn't do anything. The Twins took a little bit step forward. That's actually going to be the team I'm going with this year. Uh, the Minnesota Twins are my team out of the mm. AL, uh, AL Central. So the Twins, uh, they've got Correa back uh, out in the outfield, uh, Buxton. And then also the one question mark I would have is the rotation a little bit. But uh, otherwise, I mean, that team is better under Gabe Kapler. And the other question is the rest of that division is trash. The Royals, the Tigers, they're bad. The Guardians, they're still really young. And that's my biggest question when it comes to that team. So that is why I'm going with the Twins. I think the Guardians last year were the youngest team. So exactly what you just stated for the Guardians is why I'm picking Mm -hmm. the Guardians. They've got a staff. They've got even guys behind that are that some depth in that staff. Stephen Kwan broke out last year. Jose Ramirez, mm-hmm. um, with these uh, rule changes, should just even have a better year. He's the most cons- one of the most consistent since Trout of the er- of the late 2010s. Mm-hmm. J Ram is so consistent. Um, Andres Jimenez, Oscar Gonzalez, I think, is on that team st- still. Yep. Um, Shane Bieber is going to break back out and have a great year this year. Um, I wanted to pick, I, I actually looked at the twins first and then I pulled up the rotation and they've got too many question marks in the field too. I think yeah. with, um, I agree. Jose Miranda, um, just hasn't taken off. Alex Kirloff has just been, has was supposed to be a stud and just injury. So they could put it together if Miranda and Kirloff do well. And, uh, Correa has another great year. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to pick Buxton, of course. I really wanted the White Sox to pick the White Sox. I, I, it's been fun following them since when the Cubs were down. Andrew Vaughn going back to his position. Mm-hmm. Eloy Jimenez, Luis Robert. Um, but I pulled up the rotation. Yeah, I think you've got Giolito, Lynn, Cease is the starter, uh, Clevenger, somebody else. Who's that other guy? Kopech. Kopech, that's right. Is he healthy? Kopech. Is he healthy? And it's, it's, he's back, but it's not, it's not an awful rotation, but it's just I have a hard time counting on them well the big thing is it's all right-handed five right-handers true so true you're gonna get the same thing from the same right side over and over and over again so you need something to mix it up yeah and i mean is this gonna be the year of yoan moncada he 
plays better in odd years, and this is 2023, so it's every other year for him. You mentioned Vaughn over to first base. Is he going to fill the shoes of Jose Breu? I mean, you just lost your captain. I mean, Tim Anderson is your captain now, but uh, Yasmani Grandal, you've got an outfield uh, where in right field you've got a rookie playing, and then the big questions are like, are are these guys going to stay healthy? I I mean, Aloy, is he going to be around? I mean... Robert, too. Yeah, Luis Robert, who misses a lot of time and I mentioned Tim Anderson he's been uh, a pivotal player I mean he's just got the backing of Mike Trump but that's if he's not in the lineup uh, you're not going to win I think I saw a statistic that he played 90 games last year so and the team is like well under 500 when he's not in the lineup so it's going to be interesting to see what that White Sox team looks like Uh, I they were they were supposed to be the team that won it all last Mm -hmm. year and they fell very short I still think the White Sox still finish in front of it. I think it's Guardians, White Sox, Twins. Okay. I'm putting your prediction down in third place. Oh, yeah. All right. I, I see how it is. So you have the White Sox second in that division and the Twins in third. Uh, I would go probably Twins, Guardians, White Sox. I do think the Twins are either hit or miss. They're either going to win this division or they could finish in fourth because I think the Tigers could jump up into the middle of that conversation oh, you think depending so, huh? on injuries. Yeah. I think they're better than the Royals, that's for sure. And they have Javi, so I always root for Javi. Um, right. And, well, Detroit was actually a sexy sleeper pick last year. A lot of people thought that they were going to overperform their number, um, and that just didn't happen. That makes me sad, so though, move- about the Royals, because I got Vinny P in my big money, big, uh, yeah, big you, fantasy league. Uh, yeah, you've been all about him. Like Vinny anything- P, baby! <laughs> Pasquatino? Pasquino? Pasquantino. Pasquantino. Uh, Vinny P. Sitting there at first base, correct? I think that's where he's at. At least that's, that's right. where he is at that's in your right. fantasy that's lineup. Right. Staying in the American League, we're going to move on to another division. That is the AL West. Um, this one has been pretty much dominated for the last Eight six years. or seven years. Eight, Eight years? years? Eight years? Is that how long it's been? Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, so the AL West, Michael, who do you got? I'm going nine years. Astros. I don't think I th- you look at their other offense. They added to it. They they lost Correa last year. They didn't miss a beat with Jeremy Pena, and they mm-hmm. just added Jose Abreu at first base. Um, mm-hmm. What's the Kyle Tucker is just going to take another step? I think Alex Bregman mm-hmm. is going to be Alex Bregman. Jose Atuve is going to have nine fingers in play. Um, <laughs> I think they've got some <laughs> pitching that will keep going. Uh, yeah. Hunter Brown, Justin Verlander mechanics. I think they just roll it again. I don't think anybody in the AO West is going to push them out. I think it's going to stop at eight years this year. I think there's always a little hangover after winning the World Series, and they did that. Uh, McCullers has been a little slow this spring. Framber, we're questioning that hamate bone. Will that be able to last the entire year? Not Altuve's Framber. Altuve's hurt. What's that? Not Framber. Hamate bone. Who'd Not you Framber. say? Um, Jordan. 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 My bad. Jordan. I, Jordan and Framber, those are like the two World Series heroes for the Astros. So like, right. They're the same person in my head, but they're not. <laughs> That's um, Otani. And they're both lefty, And they're both lefties. So like, it just makes me go, what? Even more. So Framber uh, is the ace of that rotation now. This will be the first time he's actually being asked to be an ace. I know Christian Javier or Javier or however you pronounce his name. 
he's probably going to be your two or three with McCullers. And then, as you mentioned, uh, Hunter Brown, right? That's his name. Hunter Brown. Yep. Um, so he's probably your four or five, but I, I always think that there's going to be a little bit of a letdown after winning the world series, right? How there hasn't been a team that went back to back since the Yankees did in the late nineties. Um, and it's hard to win a World Series on back-to-back years. So I don't think that they're going to win the division because there's another team who's actually back-to-back years put better and better ball on the field. They've improved. Uh, yeah, they've improved. They've gotten better. And they've got a team that's young, hungry, and uh, stood toe-to-toe versus that team in the playoffs. And I'm going with the Seattle Mariners to win that division this year. Uh, I think it'll be close. I do think it'll yeah. be close. And I actually think that uh, there could be four teams in this division that play very good baseball. I think the yeah, Angels... I, if, I don't think the Astros run, run away with it like they have in years past. Right. I, I think this is going to be more of a bloodbath. Um, and they're not playing as many games against the A's as they would be. Uh, they're playing other divisions a little more. They're playing, obviously, they're going to play the Reds, so they're going to get some wins there. They're going to play the Pirates. They're going to be playing the Marlins. They're going to be playing the So we'll be a bloodbath a little bit in those games. Yeah. Uh, but I, I I think the Mariners take the step forward. They've got Kirby. Um, they've got Robbie Ray. They're going to have... Yep, they're going to have a decent rotation. I think that their lineup is probably better, even though they lost um, a couple of pieces. They got Teoscar, right? They, he's going to be a big depth piece. They've got an outfield that's going to be hard to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the team itself is well-rounded. I think defensively they were one of the better teams last year too. So with Scott Service at the helm, I think the Mariners finally uh, win the division after what you said, eight years for the Astros. Uh, that's my pick in the uh, AL West. Yeah, that's that's a good pick. They were they like you said when they were in the playoffs against the Astros in the division series. Um, was it division series? I think, or championship yes. series. Uh, they they won the first division. round. No, it was the division series because the Astros beat the Yankees in the. Uh, they CS. lost like in the ninth inning by one run. Each game was like two to zero, one one to zero, they, two to one. They, they got swept, but they had the lead in the first two games and lost it in the last couple of innings. And then they went into, was it that the 18-inning game, one of them? Right? They played an extra inning game. I thought it went 18 innings. That may have been the Guardians. Guardians, I know, won on a walk-off in 15 innings, I thought. Maybe that was the 18 in the... Whatever it was, I know that they lost by a sweep, but (laughs) in those three sweeps, one was a walk-off by uh, Jordan, right? Wasn't that the game-winner... Mm-hmm. something where he had three run home run and then he had another solo home run. The Mariners were in it. And I think that they finally got the confidence after that, that they know that they can hang uh, with the big bag Astros, which have kind of become the Yankees of our generation. If you think about it, right? Yeah. Right. Like the most hated team in baseball that has been consistently winning since 2015. Uh, that's been the team. So that's my guess on the AL West. So to recap the AL, uh, that is AL East. I'm going with the Jays, the Twins, and the Mariners. Michael, who are your teams? I've got, I've got the Jays, the Guardians, the Astros. Well, I so think we might differ picks. a little bit in the wild card. Yes. So I am going. There are two. Uh, there are three wild card teams. Um, I which am was going still to which go- the three called the three wild card teams. Bill was new to me because that's still just yeah. last year's rule. And I was like, yeah. these matchups don't like when I was trying to like predict the matchups. I was like, someone's not lining up. Oh, I got to pick a 13. Yeah. yeah. So let's go 
with one by one. So I'm going to say the Yankees are my first wild card. They're, we're going to put three wild cards. It doesn't matter where they rank, but I'm going to say the first team I'm telling you is the Yankees. Yeah, I, Yankees are one of my teams as well. That's, I think that's an easy one. Last year they were the class of the AL East. Um, outside of some injuries, will DJ Mayhew stay healthy? They've got a good lineup. They've got the MVP. They've got a rotation that is very good, could be great, uh, depending on injuries and whether Rodon stays healthy and uh, if things kind of click together. Will they get some uh, good rookie um, play? Will they continue to uh, stay at the top of the division? No, I don't think so. I think the Jays overtake them, but I do think that they're a close second uh, with that lineup. So I'm going with the Yankees. Yeah. My, Who's uh, your second team? My next one is your AL West pick, and it's the Mariners. I think the Mariners are going to be good enough to get in, but they're not going to win the division. I think the Astros still take that division, just the veteran experience. So the Mariners get in um, via the wild card. And I'm going to go with your division winner for my wild card with the Astros. <laughs> uh, I do think the Astros are going to be the one of the, uh, still going to make it. They may not make the playoffs as a division winner, but they're still going to be a great team that makes it into the playoffs. All right. So as we look ahead into the second of our wild cards, I'm going to go with uh, the Rays. Really? Yeah. Uh, the Rays, they're actually my third. Uh yeah, they, uh, they're they just always there. They always seem to be there. So uh, I think that the Rays are probably going to be a uh, competitor in that division. It's going to be tough. That division's tough. But um, I think that they're going to be another team that continues to just show up and uh, prove that they're part of that AL East. They're better than the Orioles. The Orioles just aren't there yet, I, I don't think. But, yeah. How'd, how'd they improve from last year, would you say? Do you know how they improved from last year? Uh, I don't think that they improved, but I don't think they lost much. I'm just trying to dog on you a little bit. The Rays were 86 and 76 last year. If they're not gonna, I guess if they're not going to beat up on each other, that should improve. Yeah, they're not going to be playing the division as much as they did the last couple of years with this whole schedule change. But yeah, I I think they, I I just don't think that they made too many subtractions. I know they didn't make too many additions. Van Graffs is has them at eighty. They improved by one game, eighty-seven and seventy-five. There you go. So I, there I was dogging on your pick, like, oh, how did your team improve, eighty-six and seventy-six? Because my team, def- let's see, let's do they improve? They they improve by eleven games. All right, not bad. But it's still lower than the Rays. I have the <laughs> Angels. Okay. With this last pick, Mike Trout into the playoffs. About time. Can him and Otani have one last ride? Um, the Angels, Rendon healthy, and they're not counting on him. They signed Brandon Drury, who I think mm-hmm. could be a sneaky pick, pickup yeah. for them. Plays um, first, he hit second, well. third. Right, when Jared Walsh is hurt and can't play first, or uh, mm-hmm. he can slide over there, I think they're well-rounded. Mike Trout in the outfield again, Roman center. Um, yeah, they don't. They're not, the rotation's the biggest question mark for me. I, I just don't know outside of Otani, really. Um, they went and got Tyler Anderson. Okay, Tyler Anderson. Uh, the rotation. Yeah, well, he had like that reclamation year last year with the Dodgers. Like, what was that? His first year under three ERA. Yeah, so they have Tyler Anderson, Otani, Patrick Sandoval, 
Patrick Sandoval, who was still, is still coming up. He um, is a good strikeout guy, low walk. Um, he the guy who played third base for the Giants? Yeah, yeah, Patrick Sandoval. No, no, not not as big as a belly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that look, that's what's his name from the Mets? Bartolo. Um, yeah, Bartolo. And then they've got Reed Detmers, Detmers who's going to bounce back, mm-hmm. I think. He, when he first came up, he was stud. High strikeout. Yeah, trash panda. And just because I think they have other trash pandas coming, other guys in their system, because how many years ago did mm-hmm. their entire draft, they did all pitchers, all how many rounds, 20 rounds, 25 rounds, all pitchers. And it could start, it could pay, pay off. Was that 2021? So, yeah, that's why I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got the Angels taking that last spot, beating out the Texas Rangers for it. Yeah, and it's going to be a, a very, very fun season. There's going to be a lot of teams, I think, that are going to be in contention for that final wild card in the AL. Orioles will be fun to watch. They've got a young team all coming. Orioles, uh, the White Sox still could be there as well. Um, it's going to be interesting. The Guardians, the Twins. Uh, I do think it's mainly the AL East, and then maybe a team or two from the AL West. That's that's who I'm thinking when it comes to the AL wild card. So we'll keep an eye on that. And now switching gears over into the National League, uh, as we are going to be picking our NL East, NL Central, and NL West division champions. So let's start off with the NL East, probably the biggest and strongest division in the National League. And I'm going to go right out there. I'm going to start first. I'm going with the Atlanta Braves as my NL East champion. And there's the chop. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people think in the Phillies, maybe because of that team. They went to the World Series last year. However, uh, Hoskins is out with the injury from spring training. And also, the biggest question for me is, while they're a very strong team, what's that rotation going to look like, right? Like, just Aaron Nola, Wheeler? Right. That's why I nicked him, too. Rotation. Yeah, other, other than them, I know you got Swores on the back end. And then when you look at the Mets, I mean, there are some questions there. They've just lost your closer for the entire season because of the patella injury with Edwin Diaz. You had the Nimmo injury, which doesn't look as bad as it had looked earlier. Right. Um, yeah. And then you've got the the two old pitchers at the start of the 39 and 40, I think. Yeah. Scherzer and Verlander, which are making about $40 million a each. year, I think. Yeah. Each. Uh, so you're going to have to watch for that. That lineup is decent. I mean, it's a good lineup, but it's going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on throughout the season regarding injuries. You've got Alonzo out there. Uh, the rotation already dealing with some injuries with Quintana. There's a question mark when it comes to Sanga as well. I mean, he's coming over from overseas. Sometimes they translate good or bad. I think pitchers that come over adjust a little more easily than hitters because they just pitch. They do their game a little bit where hitters have to learn the ball comes off instantly. Yeah, so um, we're, we're going to have to watch that. That rotation has the potential to be boom or bust just because of injury and because of ineffectiveness. Now, turning to the Braves, uh, I kind of feel like they are kind of the underdog when it comes to being looked at. Like uh, the Phillies were in the World Series. The Mets spent all this money. Uh, but I don't feel like as many people are talking about the Braves as I thought they probably would have. Um, I know they didn't do a whole lot but because the braves didn't make any moves they, they didn't did. yeah. they had a, they had they lost they only lost one well, player i'd say it's murphy didn't they 
And so people are like, well, they didn't do anything to replace him. Well, they added Murphy. And yeah, I mean, if they improved a catcher, uh, a good hitting catcher who's also the one of the top five defensively as well, top five defensively and offensively maybe at the catcher position. Yeah, so I think we both agree. We are both on the Atlanta Braves this year in the NL East. Michael Burns. Yeah. So who do you got then in the NL Central? Uh, you're not going to like this. It's hard for me to say as well, but the St. Louis mm. Cardinals? Yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> hard to say. Uh, the The Brewers really don't have much. I mean, they've got a great rotation, but their lineup's not great, and they traded Hater last year. Pissed so. their clubhouse off when they did that. Pissed the clubhouse off. Yeah, I mean, there's they've got two great studs at the start of their rotation, and then I can't tell you who's on the back end. Um, their lineup doesn't really have much. Yelich isn't what he used to be. I can't tell you anybody else. Rowdy Telez. <laughs> Rowdy Telez. Jesse Winker. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got Jesse this offseason, didn't they? Mm-hmm. They traded for him, didn't they? The Colton Wong. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah, they traded Colton Wong for, for Jesse. Uh, so, yeah. Now, they do have uh, – a- Outfield prospect coming up. Um, can't remember his name. Prospect. Yes, prospect. Yeah, so the prospects, I mean, those are some guys that you don't necessarily expect to get a ton out of. Um, their outfield, I mean, I think Lorenzo Kane might still be on the team. But other than that, there's <laughs> that team does not scare me at all. Now the Bre- yeah, the Brewers, the Brewers have the rotation, I think, of the division. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be relying on kids. I think they've got the guys I'm talking about is Garrett Mitchell and mm-hmm. Sal Frelick. The prospects. Um, who are right there. And then even their top one prospect, Jackson Chirio. Chirio. <laughs> who are all, so all, that's three outfielders that are highly regarded. That, and that's what they need. You know? They have outfielders besides Yelich. I mean, the Cardinals are the ones with the big lineup. They've got the guys who can hit. And I mean, two corner MVP candidates. So you got Walker coming up. Uh, so I'm going with Cardinals. How about you? And the thing is you can talk uh, me talking to you. It's I'm the same. It's the Cardinals. That offense it could be uh, pretty frightening. Uh, which is one MVP. Mm-hmm. Arenado is a freak of nature as well. Um, Brendan Donovan is, is a quiet piece that can play everywhere. Jordan Walker mm-hmm. could win rookie of the year. Tyler O'Neill, I, I think will bounce back. He hit 34 home runs in 2021 and we, we only played yeah. you know, a handful of games last year. I mean, added. So that could be a good offense and, and then adding um, uh, a starting catcher. <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> yeah. So that's right. Yeah. So we're both on the Cardinals in the NL Central. Now let's move on to the NL West, and I think we're both going to be on the same page on this one. You think so? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, maybe. Who you got? Who are you going um, with, Mikey? I've got the Padres. They are, they're star-studded, man. They've got a full season of Juan Soto calming uh, down. That was a huge add of the deadline last year. Did they lose on any bats this year? Not that I can think of. Uh, no. But they added another shortstop, Xander mm-hmm. Bogarts. So now, Machado, Ferdinand Tatis, Juan Soto. Um, I'm missing one. Jay Cronworth. I'm missing one of the stars, aren't I? No, I got the yeah. four. Um, Trent Grisham, mm-hmm. he's still with the team. He could break out. He was a, he was a highly regarded guy back in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. And then you Darvish leading that rotation. 
No Musgrove. Yeah, and you got Blake Snell on the back end as well. Um, it's going to be a good team, man. It's going to be a good team. I think it's about time that they're going to take over for the uh, the Dodgers in that division. I am also going with the Padres in this year's 2023 NL West. Uh, I think they finally overtake the Dodgers. Um, the Padres are star-studded, as you mentioned. You just yep. listed off uh, a bunch of these all-stars. It's basically an all-star team down there in San Diego. And the Dodgers really didn't do much in the offseason. They lost a lot. The Dodgers, sat, Dodgers sat in their butt. The Dodgers didn't do nothing this no. off season. A couple things, but they're not star studded. No, not like they used to be. Finally, yeah. They just cut the payroll to get ready to sign Otani. <laughs> Signing Otani. Well, that'll be next year. But this year, we're keeping an eye on the playoffs. I am going to go with the Mets for my first NL wild card team. What about you? I still think I don't think they met enough, but I think that. Uh, They've got Brett Beatty, who is uh, a big bat that mm-hmm. they sent down. He had a huge swing. Kind of disappointed that they sent him down um, for third base, um, but I think he'll be back. He'll be back up quickly, and he will help uh, those injuries that they're having. Yeah. So we both picked the Mets for our first wild card team. My second team is going to be the Philadelphia Phillies. So that is the third team out of that division. I think that the injuries are going to hold them back. Now, now hold on. Hoskins is out for most of the year, but Harper, there's going to be back even earlier than expected. They're talking all-star break at first. But, and now they're talking June. It's still about a third of the season, two months of the season. So, yeah, Right. But at least it's not half. Yeah, I have I have the Mets and then the Phillies as my uh, two wild cards. But I actually I'll I'll save this comment for something. So yeah, Mets and Phillies. So we both have the two same first wild cards, and we both have the Dodgers out of the playoffs at this point. But I am actually going with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I'm sticking with the NL West, and I am going to go with the LA Dodgers to make the playoffs. Yeah. I, I uh look looking and trying to decide like the Dodgers have it they've got the the Dodgers have the rotation and mm-hmm. they have depth in that rotation. Um, you know, if they yeah. wait till the end of the year and they need someone to come to the bullpen, guess what? Here comes Walker Bueller to come to the bullpen. The stud. But they've they got a rotation of five, mm-hmm. and then they've got two studs waiting in AAA. Oh, who already pitched some of the major leagues. Uh, but I don't. I think free. It's Freeman and Mookie Betts. And that's their offense. Mm-hmm. Lex is hurt. They've got J.D. Martinez. <laughs> They've got Miguel Vargas and Will Smith. Yeah. I just, for the past Dodgers teams, it's not so Dodgery. No, but they always seem right. to have somebody in the prospect system. They do. They have a great system. Yeah, so I think that they're still going to be able to overcome it. They still have some talent there. And I reluctantly are choosing am choosing the Dodgers to make it as my third and final wild card team in the NL. Who do you have? Are you going a different direction or mm-hmm. are you going to stay stay on path? So looking at the I, I I wanted to put the Dodgers. I actually wanted to put someone else from the West. I wanted to put the I think everybody in the West could compete except for the Giants. But the Diamondbacks and Rockies have no pitching. No pitching. <laughs> Diamondbacks even have better pitching, you know, have a couple of guys coming up. Um, but I don't have the Dodgers making the postseason. No, it's funny. I mean, the Giants—they were in first place with 100 plus wins a couple of years ago. Yeah, but the year, and then the year before, they were like last place. Yeah, they went last place, first place, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I went real, real uh, different. The Dodgers are not making postseason. No. In my predictions here. Wow. I think. Going off the board. I think things are going to click right. And mm-hmm. the Chicago Cubs are going to get that sneak into that third <laughs> wild card spot. Homer pick. Uh, yeah. I mean, you think this is going to happen? I think they have. I, I think things click right. Brendan Davis comes up. That his bat hits. I think they've got uh, pitching diff that people don't really know about. Cubs mm-hmm. in the second half had one of the best pitching staffs, and they didn't lose them. They just improved. Yeah, they just improved. They added when when Wineski. Where's Neski? They've got Javier Saad waiting. They've got the Jordan department. Wicks. They've got DJ Hers. They've got Kevin, Caleb Killian. Mm-hmm. Um, they they they've got it there. I think if things go right, that's where the, the Cubs could sneak into and fight for that spot. I think if they have any holes, they've got the farm system depth to trade mm. for a piece that they need. Um, probably a third baseman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably a third baseman. Um, but if that infield clicks on the shortstop, second, first, and then the outfielders click as well, Cody Bellinger has a year. Mm-hmm. I think Trey Mancini is gonna bounce back. Big. This year, being healthy, finally. Right. Um, this spring training, he has been smashing balls, smashing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if those guys just just hit, they don't have to be superstars, just hit, the Cubs are in the wild card. Hey, I mean, they made some moves this year, so it's definitely going to be an interesting uh, – they're going to be second in the division, in my mind. They're going to be over the Brewers. But So, Michael, going off the page a little bit with the Chicago Cubs as his third and final wild card. So, for the wild cards – we both have the Phillies and the Mets. I have the Dodgers, and he has the Cubs. So we have set the stage when it comes to the division winners, as well as the uh, AL wild cards and NL wild cards. And we're going to put a timeout on the baseball talk and go back into bourbon because we are a bourbon and baseball podcast and we are out. We are halfway through or maybe a little bit more than halfway through our podcast. So we're going to go with another bourbon, and we are staying with the Origin Series. We talked about Bardstown Origin Series, the white label. That came in at 96 proof. Again, that one was six years, $44.99 when that came to an MSRP. Michael benched it. I gave it an everyday player. We are now moving on to the black label. As you see on YouTube, Bardstown Bourbon Company Origin Series, bottled in bond. So this is going to go along with the bottle and bond rules. 100 proof, but this mash bill is a weeded mash bill. Six, yeah. Wait, Brandon, S- we're drinking two bourbons in one episode? Two bourbons, one episode. We are busting. We, we are we're going crazy because uh, we've got to go with Bardstown Origin Series, man. Uh, six years on this one as well. All of them, I believe, are six years, even the the rye that we are not trying today, but that'll probably be on a future episode whenever one of us tries to find those ryes. Um, so the match bill on this one, are you ready, Mikey? Yep. 68% corn, 20% wheat, and 12% malted barley. So this is a little higher on the malted barley. Uh, the wheat is 20%, so the corn's a little higher uh, than that uh, 60-36-4 we had earlier. So this is a weeded bourbon. You would assume that it is going to be on the sweeter side of the two. 
I like that nose. Yeah, it's got oak to me right off the bat. Yes, it, it, this smells like a good bourbon off the nose. I've got the wood right off the bat. No, I just poured mine. Yours has been sitting for a little bit. Mine, mine's been in here for a good bit. I get, I, I could definitely let the nose tell it's a, it, it is weeded. It's sweeter. Yeah. I get corn, vanilla. Yep. Caramel. Yeah, the, the typical bourbon notes. I've got some cherry to it as well. That's been my go-to as of late. Now, it doesn't, being weeded, it doesn't smell like Maker's Mark. You know, sometimes no, when you get to a weeded no. bourbon, they could smell, they could give off a Maker's Mark's aroma, and this does not mm -hmm. taste. It, I mean, it smells, It's it, like you said, a typical bourbon. It, mm -hmm. smells, it smells smooth. It does. And... It, it does have a sweetness to it, I think, that there's some sweet notes to it. I can't I'm having trouble pulling it out today. Yeah, I, I noticed that in the first port, first bars uh, down there. But actually, I think now sniffing that one and then sniffing this one, I don't know that I struggled to pull notes out of the white label. I think they just weren't. It wasn't complex. I think it was yeah. a flatter bourbon. But this one, I definitely am able to. I mean, I just rattle off. Yeah, five or six you went. notes right yep. there. Very heavy on the oak, I think, comparatively. Yeah, and there's the same. I wonder. I wonder um, it, where in the warehouse these two different uh, uh, recipes sit. If they're different, if they're the same, mm -hmm. how they pulled out of the oak a little bit. I, guess, I mean, because it's still. I guess it is a little bit more corn. Not much. Not much. Eight percent more. And there's both six years, so that variable is the same. So, yeah, definitely where in the rickhouse, what floors. Um, obviously, these are blended because uh, these are batches, and they're not small. Uh, no, they're not single barrels, and it doesn't even say small batch. So I'm assuming these are a decent-sized batch out of this. Um, they're the same color? Uh, pretty close? Pretty, pretty close, honestly. Um it's hard to tell because one's got a black label, one's got a white label, so there's more light coming through on the white label, no matter what. Uh, so right. that makes it maybe look a little lighter. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of labeling on the bottle itself, which um, I love to see because the more labels, it kind of hides the color. Uh, even the Fusion, trying to hold it up. I've got a bottle of Fusion signed by Master Distiller Steve Nolley. That looks about the same. So it's very consistent, and I do like that consistency. Um, have you given yourself a... I got a first coat there and was very surprised. Um, mm -hmm. That slapped with a spice. Mm -hmm. There's uh, a little more of a spice than you would anticipate. Yeah, I, I, I didn't anticipate that. That was the first sip, um, but that was my first... It was a slap of spice. How about you? This kind of reminds me of Vantage. A little bit. Advantage in what ways? I think there's some complexities. I think that there's the barrel vantage had more of a spiciness to it. I think, and this does have that spiciness to it that you wouldn't anticipate with the wheat, right? There's no rye at all. It does have a little bit of a rye spice to it. I think it's silky though. That's the way I would describe yes, it. Yes, this is definitely silky. I wouldn't compare it to. Vantage, though. I think Vantage is much more complex, in my opinion. I think this is a Rebel, Rebel, um, 
Rebel Weeder. Single barrel. A Rebel Weeder. I think that's what this reminds me of. The Rebel Weeder, though, is spicier. I think, I think this is a silkier version of a Red Label Rebel. The Master, the Distiller's Collection single barrels. Mm -hmm. It's buttery and silky to me. Mm -hmm. Yep, agreed. See, I get more of that popcorn, like a caramel corn out of this one than I did with the white label. I think I, I, I can agree with that, but I don't think that's that's all I got out of the white label. Mm -hmm. This back la mm -hmm. black label, I'm getting the oak. There's no rye. I, I feel like that rye slaps me, but yeah, I, I wish that lingered a little bit. Not Not in a spicy note, but in a peppery. You got that sweetness, and then you're waiting for something else to, for complexity reasons, to come back into the finish there. And I feel like just finish is too buttery again. You think the finish is buttery? I think the finish is buttery again. It's got a little bit of spice to it more than the white, but it's still a overly buttery movie popcorn finish. The the up front though, the palette on the front though is much different than the white. It's definitely got a smoother kick to it. Think from front to back, this is more well-rounded. Agreed. So that's where I'm going with on this. Where on our Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon Baseball Podcast rating scale do you go? Um, I'm, I'm trying to – as I drink it more, I'm, I'm enjoying it more. It is smooth. Maybe we recircle. Maybe we go through some more baseball talk and then come yeah, back with our. Yeah, let me see. I still got a lot of this back. Let me let's uh let's 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 finish out our um, predictions. Our, our predictions for for the um, teams, and then we'll get to our awards, and we'll come out with our award for this bourbon. Sounds like a good one to me. Uh, okay, so we have determined our playoff teams. When it gets to the playoff matchups, uh, the only one we'll really talk about is the World Series. But let's break down the ALCS. I have two different teams that played in it last year. Um, I know you don't have... Oh, you have, a, you have a matchup. I just have a champ. I, I put a matchup. I know you put the ALS champ because I did put that on our on our list. That's what but you put as a note. You know. I, yeah. Uh, you don't have to do that. I'm just telling you I'm going to go with the Mariners over the Blue Jays in that. Interesting. Yes. I think it's two different teams. They're both younger. They both got the taste of the playoffs the last two years, or at least in the Mariners' sake last year. I do think the Mariners are going to head it to the World Series. That would be fun for the uh, for the, for Mariners fans. I feel like they have they are owed that after mm -hmm. waiting so long. For so um, long. I don't love my pick but i just feel like it's gonna stuff is gonna connect they'll make additions um i've got the yankees heading to the world series Ooh, the bronx bombers heading to the world series the fall classic yeah i mean I, they've been in the what alcs versus the astros for how long uh and they've always seemed to be the team that falls short uh, yep. you, you think they finally make the step? Do you, who do you, like, I know you don't have it listed. Do you know who you would expect them to be playing? Um, the Mariners would be a good guess or the Blue Jays would be a good guess. Well, I didn't do the matchup because I didn't play a whole, like, all right, if this, if these are the seeds, I didn't get yeah. that far. Um, so uh, I don't know how they would actually line up, but you know, the, 
Right. Astros, they were always facing the Yankees, and mm-hmm. you just can you hear that? I was doing like a trash can. Oh, I know. <laughs> where's my mic pulling that out? I I, I <laughs> couldn't hear it. You might have your. Yeah, well, I still can't hear it. So your mic's either so, doing a really good job of muting it, or I'm just having a bad there. time. Yeah, and it's cutting out the background noise. I don't know. So, so all right, NLCS, NL, NL champ, NL champ. Who I I went first for the ALCS. Okay. I want you to go first for the NLCS. So all right, so the Cubs, <laughs> 2015, come out of nowhere. Win 97 ball games, win in the, N- the NL wildcard, win the NLDS, and they get stuck in the NLCS. They just couldn't get quite over that ledge. And then you know what? 2016, they're looking like the favorite. They look like the favorite. They had some studs come up from the minor leagues. And in the very beginning of the season, their left star, star left fielder collides with their center fielder, carrying mm-hmm. his, what, his knee. And it looks like he is out for the year. Well, that team went on then to dominate the regular season, dominate the playoffs, and reach the World Series. And who other than did they fly in? But Kyle Schwarber, their star left fielder, had the torn knee to come DH for them. I think that's the the same script right here. The the gods of baseball ran out of ideas. The Phillies... (laughs) You know, played 2015 just like the uh, the Phillies played 2022, just like the Cubs did for 2020, 2015. Mm-hmm. I think Reese Hoskins just tears his knee. I think he comes back for the World Series and DHs for him. And I think the uh, I think the Phillies are there in the World Series waiting, and Reese Hoskins is there waiting for him. Same same path. So Michael Burns goes with the Philadelphia Phillies as his NLCS champ. I kind of have the same script, different team. Who fell short in the NLCS last year getting beat by the Phillies? The Padres are the team and the team that I think is actually going to make it out of the NL, uh, making it to the World Series. I think the Padres have the studs on their team that you would look for. You've got Tatis, you've got Bogarts, you've got um, Manny as well as... Uh, who's that guy that they traded for? Juan Soto, right? That's his name. I think. Is he good? I think he's okay. Um, some people say like Ted Williams is a comparable. I don't know. I think he played okay when he was in in the MLB. Uh, <laughs> no, so they've got the they've got the hitting. I think they've got the pitching as long as they stay healthy. Obviously, health is going to be a factor for every team. Every team deals with injuries, but who is less injured? And who has the depth to replace said injured people? I think that the Padres probably, if they get out of the NOS, I think that they're going to be the team that is going to be the team to beat, to be honest, going forward, because the Phillies, the Mets, and the Braves are all going to be beating up on each other. I do have the Braves in the NLCS versus the Padres. I just think the Padres could beat the Braves. Both of those teams, I think, though, are fantastic. I'm just going to... Great matchup. Yeah, Padres Braves NLCS would be a stud matchup, especially with both of those teams with how stacked they are on both sides of the uh, both sides of the ball, so to speak. So your matchup, strong pick. Your matchup, the Yankees and the Phillies. Who do you have on top? Who won in two thousand sixteen? The story you can't have that great story of. Reese Hoskins coming back and them not winning the World Series. 
Hey, the Phillies are going all the way. They just missed last year. They're going all the way this year, Brandon. So 2009, they won. Uh, 2008, they won. 2009, the Yankees won. So back-to-back years were those two teams. But they and the Phillies lost to the Yankees in the World Series, didn't they? In 09? I couldn't tell you. I thought it was I thought it was the Phillies. I could be wrong. I think they beat the Phillies. The only pro- the only problem with my story there is can Bryce Harper throw? And they have two <laughs> DHs of Bryce Harper and Reese Hoskins. I think Bryce Harper is going to be a limping it in there at that point. I think he'll be able to throw at that point. Yeah, the Yankees beat the Phillies in 2009 in four games to two. So this would be redemption in your mind. That the Phillies yes. come back and beat the Yankees. They they kind of came out of nowhere as the sixth seed, I believe, last year. Snuck into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Went further than anybody else thought they would. And all they did was add. They added Ray Turner. Nick Castellanos is going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Bryce Harper is going to come and give them a boost midseason. Reese Hoskins will give them that boost postseason. GT Real Muto. You see those puzzles just clicking together there, man? I mean, come on. thing that scares me for them is their rotation. That's my one question mark on that team. Once but you get past they get, Wheeler. That's what you do at midseason. Trade deadline right, for. Right. Uh, Got to get there. Got to get there. So, you heard it here first. Michael Burns picks the Philadelphia Phillies to beat the Yankees in the 2023 World Series. My matchup, the Mariners and the Padres. Two unlikely teams to make the World Series. I'm just throwing it's it not out very, there. It's not very star-studded, you know, it's like big big market teams, you know. Right, it's, which I think would be great for baseball in the fact that it's parody, right? Like it's not the same teams over and over again. I don't know how it would be regionally, but... Rob Manfred would have his way, and he would make it, you know, where the Mariners are, pl- are playing and then having to travel, Yeah, you know. And, uh, yeah, Rob Manfred will have his way to get the big market team in there, at least one of them. Well, I have a West Coast World Series, so that is the Mariners. (laughs) I have the Mariners facing the Padres, and I am going with, after years and years and years of drought, the Seattle Mariners are your 2023 World Series champions. Wow. Yeah. Same thing. They came out of nowhere last year a little bit, built up. Mm -hmm. Got Got the experience, and put it together maybe in that second year in the playoffs. Maybe the big dumper can get them over, you know, that big ledge there. Yeah. <laughs> She's like the big dumper. That Cal Rayleigh, that was his nickname, big dumper. <laughs> He's dumping them over the right field wall. Yeah. Well, we shall see. So that is our predictions as far as the teams. We do have some predictions just for fun on uh, who we think is going to win rookie of the year, manager of the year, all the major awards in baseball. Real quick, we won't go too deep into this. AL rookie of the year, go. AL rookie of the year? I yes. have got Gunnar Henderson. I think he's a favorite. Um, doesn't mm-hmm. help he's on my fantasy baseball team either, um, but he's a power lefty. He's going to poke it over the wall there. <laughs> Over the wall, I think he hits at least 20 home runs for him 20, maybe 25. Well, um, he had a pretty decent debut, right? I think he hit four home runs in mm-hmm. less than 20 games, yeah. And he hit so, to like 260, I think, or something like that, yeah. And short, short order. So, all right, Brandon, your AL rookie of the year. I really wanted to pick Gunner, but I'm gonna go with Volpe. 
Volpe. So Volpe, oh man, Volpe. He, he just annoys me, annoys me because it was like he was not in front of the fantasy world. It was like, oh, Volpe, one dollar. He's only worth one dollar, but Corbin Carroll's worth eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, Volpe could win Rookie of the Year. He's a star. Like, <laughs> how are you gonna say he's worth only worth a dollar? Then you know. Anyways, I could rant on. Yeah, I but think yeah. the I think the protection he has in that lineup is gonna help him a little bit. The Yankees factor, I think, is gonna help him a little bit. So that's my pick, Volpe. My NL Rookie of the Year. Uh, do we just want to both say this at the same time? Three, <laughs> two, one. Corbin Carroll. Corbin Carroll. <laughs> yeah. So. so yeah, yeah, that's why I said it was suspicious. Is that both your Rookie of the Years <laughs> happen to be on your fantasy team? But it is what almost, it is. I almost for AL said Tristan Casas, but there's some platoon issues maybe. Yeah. With the left-handed, right-handed pitchers, so I went with. I almost went with Senga with the Mets because he's technically a rookie, even though he's right. playing at like 30 years old or however old he is. So he's going to have that veteran experience of playing at professional baseball, whereas Corbin Carroll hasn't played consistently in the majors and doesn't have the the pro experience, so to speak. Right. So moving on to another award that's just kind of out there that no one really pays attention to, but I think it's fun to predict. NL and AL managers of the year. We'll just rattle them off both at the same time. Or you go, you rattle off both of yours, and then I'll rattle off both of mine. So AL manager, I predicted the Angels to uh, to win it. So I think Phil Nevin's going to earn that by bringing those Angels out. And then NL manager, I said the Cubs were going to win the wild card. So I think that's the surprise team. You got to give the manager the work there. So I got David Ross, NL manager of the year. Well, And that would line up, like you said, if they both both those teams make the playoffs where they're not really expected to be, you would assume that they're playing good baseball. Your manager would get uh, a boost there. That's kind of where I went on the AL side. But I went with Rocco Baldelli with the Twins. The Twins are kind of the third team in that division, like you said, in your mind. (laughs) No, no. like, But like a lot of people look at them with the White Sox last year were World Series favorites in a lot of spots. Uh, So you would assume that this year. Then they hired Grandpa. Right. Uh, And then the Guardians last year won 90 games. So if Rocco Baldelli can get this Twins team into the playoffs – like you said, the pitching rotation's not great, but he's done a decent job managing that team despite not having the talent. If he could do that again, I think that that puts him over the top. And then uh, there's this guy, his name's Oliver Marmel. He's a coach for the Cardinals. That's who I'm giving an L manager to the year. I don't know why. It's... Moving on. Yep. So going on, this is the the more major awards. The, uh, the AL Cy Young Award. Let's have you go first, Mikey. Who do you have for your AL Cy Young in 2023? It was not last year, but two years ago, Manoa broke out. Last year, he broke out even further. And I think now with the better team and not he doesn't have as much pressure, he's got a year under his belt. I think Manoa takes another step. He finished third or fourth in Cy Young last year, and I think this year he takes the crown. Yeah, uh his third full year in the big leagues, that's not a bad pick. He's going to be a stud. And that's why I said earlier in the episode, 
they've got multiple Cy Young candidates. If Gosman pitches the way he did a few years ago, uh, he's got the chance to win it too uh, if he can stay consistent. Last year, I think he had an under three ERA. But but both those right. uh, Manoa, yeah, for sure. I am going to go with an off the chart name. Oh, yeah. He's finally pitching a full season on a team that's going to be competitive. Uh, he got a little more juiced up last year. I have this team winning the World Series, so that means that they're going to have to pe- have some of their players step up. Luis and Castillo? Lu- Luis Castillo is going to be my AL Cy Young. He's got the stuff. Go. He's healthy. He is on a team that he is finally competitive. His- right. He's finally competitive. So uh, off the charts, if – if you're a gambling type, a dollar could win you forty bucks. So, not a bad thought. No, that's that's great because Castillo, Castillo, Castillo. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you go out there and you're pitching and you, you they're like halfway meaningless games. It's mm-hmm. tough to get that, you know, into the, you know, that thrill. And now, if you're mm-hmm. guys want to go play for winners, and so <laughs> that's a great, that's a great, great thought there, Brandon. Why, thank you. I highly doubt it comes true, but this is why we make predictions and try to have fun with it, right? Like, I'm, let's look at it. With Seattle, he had a 317 ERA over 65 innings. He had 77 strikeouts over 65 and a whip of 1.1. So I think you get a – and that was getting traded midseason and never playing anywhere else. So he finally got uh, – some, and even with the Reds last year, he had a 286 ERA uh, and was 4-4. Four and four. In 85 innings. So he's healthy. He's got a chance. I, Who knows? It's You throw a buck on it, and you could win I come out of there. That's that's how it happens. Team, teams come right. out of nowhere. Players come out of nowhere. Right. Rick Porcello came out of nowhere in 2015 well, or 16. Who thought J-Rod was going to do what he did last year with the Mariners, right? Like A lot of people. But that to that standard? To that caliber. Right. That, they expected that years from now, not in right. his rookie season. Right, not in his rookie season. So you expect it, but you don't expect it to all of a sudden just come together like that. So Right. My NL Cy Young also is going to be pitching in the World Series, per my um, prediction. He's never won a Cy Young. He's been close a couple of times. He almost did it with the Cubs. He almost did it with the Rangers. But you, Darvish. Um, Let's go. I think I like he it. he finally he's got the stuff, man. If, Dude, he's if, healthy. If he can just stay healthy, he's right, healthy. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. He's 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 got a chance. So, you Darvish is my NL Cy Young Award winner. I kind of went off the charts on a couple of these because I do like picking favorites every now and then. I did pick some favorites for my division, but I do like going off the charts and finding potential value, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later on the episode with our special guest. But who's your NL Cy Young, Michael? I don't think Darvish is too off the charts. Um, I think he's a stud. He's an ace. So um, my uh, NL Cy Young is a young kid, um, high K, um, setting some records last year, Spencer Strider. Mm. Um, If he can stay healthy, if that elbow doesn't explode, like it seems like all young studs do, high strikeout guys, um, I got Spencer Strider just stepping up and shoving. So currently, I'm looking at some of the odds. Spencer Strider is a ten to one odd at winning the Cy Young. That is the fifth best. Um, uh, looking at you, Darvish is all the way down. 
12th favorite at 32 to 1. So that means $1 wins you $32 back on you, Darvish. $1 on Spencer Strider wins you $10 back on. Uh, so one more note on my Cy Young picks Manoa and Strider. Uh, mm-hmm. Both are on my fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> so we are four for four on that. Um, another low key pick that I thought about for NL Cy Young. Hayden Wazeski? No. You uh, said AL, sorry. Yeah. Zach Gallen with the Diamondbacks. Um, I just don't know if he's going to have the support win-wise, right? Now, like, I, I think he's got a defense behind him. That's what I think the Diamondbacks have is they have a defense right, and an offense, but they do not have pitching. They got Zach Allen. They got Mad Bum. They do have mm-hmm. a guy coming, the minor league strikeout leader of 2022 in Brandon Faft. He was nice the name, strikeout Brandon. leader in 2022. If you he look at his spelling, it kind of sounds like a fart, though. P-F-A-A-D-T. Does that not sound like a fart noise? Like, I mean, the Diamondbacks, if, 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 that, if that came up, I don't even know if, I, if that's how you say it, fad, fat, if he came up and they had another pitcher, I think they have another another guy waiting in the wings, clicked. The Diamondbacks could be a good team. Oh, uh, they're Christian a fun Walker? young team. Yeah, man. It's, it's a good... They've got a lot of things to be excited about in the desert. And think they're a year or two away but it'll be interesting but zach allen would be like my second if i had to pick a second pitcher for cy young that would be my other guess um both kind of down on the charts so we both picked our al and nl cy young let's move on to nl and al nvp uh i think we're both trending in the same direction on the al mvp uh he's going into his uh he's going in to his contract year with the final year, most likely with the angels. He, to my mind, is going to get the biggest contract ever given to a human being in professional sport after this season. I'm going to show a Otani, AL MVP. Oh, Otani. Yep. I mean, he mean, but last year if judge didn't hit 60 plus home runs. It was Shohei, mm-hmm. and Shohei really didn't even have that, that incredible of a season. And I think in a contract year, like you said, he just boosted himself to get ready in the WBC, won it all, did well mm-hmm. in it. He's going to start off hot in April and never stop. So I'm going to switch directions here. So Judge, we didn't pick him for AL, uh, AL MVP. My trivia question this week, is MVP related? So Judge and Paul Goldschmidt would be going for back-to-back MVPs. Who was the last player to win an MVP in back-to-back years? Barry Bonds. Is that your final answer? Yes. In 2012 and 2013, Miguel Cabrera went back-to-back, and in 08 and 09, Pujols went back-to-back. So those were the last two who did it. (laughs) Those were the last two to do it for AL and NL. Barry Bonds is the only player ever in Major League Baseball to have back-to-back seasons of MVP Twice, and he did it in 91 and 92 with the Pirates, or was it 92 and 93? And then in 2001 through 2004, so four straight years of MVP with the Giants, and he won in 1990 with the Four Pirates straight as well. years he won MVP? And I think he won three of four with the Pirates in the early 90s. So wow. that's why he wow. was already a Hall of Famer before the whole steroid thing in my mind. And then 
we are where we are. So that has wrapped up the trivia portion. Okay, so do you have a repeat in the NL? Will Paul Goldschmidt be the first one since Miguel Cabrera or uh, Albert Pujols? Would he be another Cardinal to go back to back in your mind? He was. He, uh, no, I think I, I think he will be in the top three, but I don't think he wins it. Um, I don't think last year was a great year for him. Mm-hmm. He, he had an off year the year before. I think his first year with the Cardinals, coming out of the humidor. Um, but then re, re bounce back. He's getting older. I want to say he's going to be 34, 35, 36 next year. He's going to be three um, ages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 34, but, 35, uh, 36. Man, he gets old quick. <laughs> in three, one year, he, in one season, he's three different ages. He, he is playing at the age of 35 currently. At the age of 35, right. Yep. And um, he will I turn 36 in September. Where, Who's the oldest MVP? And is, is that the old? Would that be the oldest? That's a good uh, trivia question, there, Brandon. I guess I can look oldest that up MVP. for you right now. But so, uh, I will tell you, as you look that up, I will tell you all about. No, my Barry Bonds MVP. was at forty years old in two thousand and four. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, and then Willie Stargell in nineteen seventy nine was thirty nine. Okay, years so old. before the roids. Yeah. Okay, got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then Dennis Eckersley in nineteen ninety two as a pitcher, nonetheless. So. Uh, Who'd you pick? I've got a young young kid, young stud, 25 years old, about to turn 26 on April 2nd. Braves third baseman Austin oh. Riley. Braves third baseman Austin Riley. You don't he, – he had Austin. an incredible season. He just got paid too, didn't he? They gave him an extension in the fall? Did they? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They did. So I think Austin Riley had a, you know, had a great year. He actually finished in um, MVP. He got MVP votes last year. He finished. He batted two seventy three, three forty nine, five twenty nine with thirty eight home runs. Not and, bad. Um, I think if you look at his splits, though, first and second half. The second half, I don't know if he got tired, if he was injured. He he went from in the first half hitting 285 to the second half 257. His slugging hmm. dropped from 575 to 463. So I wonder if there was an injury, was he tired? Something yeah. happened that his his performance tallied down a little bit. So I think if if Riley uh, can stay strong and have put put on that full first half the full year, which isn't even outrageous to ask for, 285 batting average, um, I think he takes it home at uh, NL MVP. So you kind of went off the charts there. Uh, Austin Riley, as I look at Vegas Insider, which takes a look at Sportbook uh, across the country, kind of has him down the charts. He is 1, 2, 3. He's 11th at 16-1 to 1 in the NL to win uh, the MVP award. So 11th isn't Bad, but um, you got some value there on a betting standpoint. So plus sixteen hundred means for every dollar you bet, you win sixteen bucks back. Uh, I am going. I didn't realize this was going to be as high up on the charts as it is. I am going with a brave as well, but a brave who is finally healthy, and a brave who was thought of as probably the best prospect three, four, five years ago coming into the game. Ronald Acuna. 
Uh, he's finally going to play a full season, hopefully, right? 2020, he played shortened season. He only played about 75% of the games. He did get MVP votes his rookie year, his second year, and even in that shortened season where he only played 46 out of the 60 games. And then he got hurt in 2021, and he was on track for what I think was an MVP type of year at 283, 24 bombs through 82 games. That's half yeah. a season. So, like, he's close to 50 home runs batting 283 and driving in 104 in 2021. I think he probably is at the top of the charts there in 2021. He's healthy. He's coming back. He's got people all around him he's got Austin Riley that you just mentioned he's got Ozzy Elvis he's got all these guys he's got the rookie of the year out in center field so that lineup and now you're adding Sean Murphy to the lineup he's got protection all across the board all up and down up and down right and that's yep. why I think the Braves are a very good pick to win that NL East uh, and I think we're going to hear more on that from our professional gambler here in just a few minutes but I'm going with Ronald Acuna Jr. as my NL MVP now his odds are closer to Austin Riley than they are to the favorite. Acuna is the third favorite right now at plus 1,000. So that means for every dollar you win $10, that the favorite in the NL right now is Juan Soto at plus 550. Mookie Betts is plus 950. Trey Turner actually is fourth at plus 110. Uh, well, excuse me. Trey Turner is in fourth at plus 1,100. And then Fernando Tatis. So two of the top five are, look at this, three of the top six are Padres. And that's Soto. Machado and Bogarts. Tatis and Machado. No, uh, Bogarts is down the list. He is 15th, 15th on the list. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Manny Machado is sixth. Tatis is fifth. Goldschmidt, the winner last year, is seventh. I wouldn't put my money there. And then Freddie Freeman, also the MVP two years before that, is in eighth. And then Nolan Arenado, the runner-up last year, is in ninth at plus 1,200 to plus 2,000, depending on what sports book you're looking at. So there's value out there. I do think that uh, – I don't think it's going to be Juan Soto. I do think it's going to be off the charts, down the charts from there. But, man – Ronald Acuna. So we just gave out our awards. Uh, we are circling back on our second bourbon. Earlier you said we're taking two bourbons here at the podcast. We already did that once. You're in one Michael. podcast. What? We, we already did that, though. For which one? We had a podcast where we did five. We did five? Clearly maybe you I'm, remember a lot about National Barrel Company. I don't know. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, five? We did six, seven, six or seven. We, yeah. we rated five. <laughs> we may have drank more than that afterwards. But, yeah, so this is our first actual, like, episode where it's not just an interview uh, where we've done multiple. So where do you have this on our on a rating scale? I enjoy, I enjoy this pour. I think it's missing something on the back end that makes it an everyday play for me. Front end's great. The back end's flat again. So I think he's a bench player. So he's benching both of them. I'm going to everyday player this. I think it is a better everyday player than the white label. I would go one and then two in my book um, with the black label coming up at top. Partially makes me think I overrated the white label. Um, Did you falls overrated short. the white label? I think. Would you do it? Uh, they're both. They're both everyday. Uh, no, oh, I said it was a day. bench, but trended 
towards every day just because of the price point. And that's another thing I do want to point out about this. It's 50, it's 50 bucks. It's 49.99. I don't know if I mentioned that earlier. So yes. the MSRP is 49.99. So these are very affordable bottles. I believe the rye is 60 bucks. So that's even not too bad for a rye either. Um I think they're going to be great buys for anybody out there. Uh, so go check out Bardstown Bourbon Company. They're doing great stuff. If you haven't been to the distillery, that is a must-stop along the bourbon trail. Fusion, Discovery Series, they've got a lot of different collaborations out there that are winning awards, and they're just uh, really good stuff. I know Dad's Drinking Bourbon has done several reviews on a lot of their stuff. So if you want to check out some of the collaboration pours, we haven't had those sent to us. We would love to. Hint, Brandon, at the Daily Dram. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> But uh, the, the stuff I have got my hands on, th this will tell you how much I've liked it. If you're on YouTube, you see how low these bottles are. And I got these, let's say, seven weeks ago. It's been one of the sure. front pours on my bar. And that's why I'm going with every day on both of them. Because they are close to an almost at least once a week I'm pouring one of these. So Yeah, makes sense. That is it on the bourbon portion. Uh, and we just rated and reviewed bourbon. We talked baseball. Uh, real quick, Michael, I know you're not a huge gambler. Can't do it legally in Alabama. Uh, but I do know a couple of professional gamblers, a couple of professional handicappers who give out picks, who give out uh, thoughts on gambling. We now welcome in Matt Meltepis, a huge guy on Twitter and in the gambling world when it comes to sports gambling and betting, uh, part of the college kids. The TCK underscore experience on Twitter is where you can find them. Matt, good to have you with Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball Podcast. How you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. Every day's a blessed day. Every day's a great day. I'm happy to be here, man. Yeah, you can go follow your personal account as well. You've always got the words of wisdom and uh, all the great advice on your personal account on Twitter as well. So happy you to have you. Much. <laughs> What's that? I said you flatter me too much. <laughs> no, you do. I always try to retweet them when I see them. But uh, awesome Appreciate stuff. It. I've been following you guys for three, four, five years. I don't know how long it's been oh, at wow. this point. But um, you guys are killing it in March Madness. Uh, just had an amazing weekend. But we're shifting gears to baseball season. Opening day when this podcast drops is tomorrow. So we're a day away from baseball. When it comes to sports gambling, a lot of states are finally getting it to be legalized. I know here in Ohio, it's going to be our first baseball season with sports gambling. Uh, it's been around in other states. What do you look for when it comes to the lines? How do you handicap a baseball game in general? Well, I mean, it depends on the sport, obviously, but in terms of baseball, right? So pitchers are huge. Pitching is obviously how numbers are dictated. Um, and you want to be able to, sometimes I'm making like 10 calls a day. I'm making 15 calls a day, 20. Mm -hmm trying to find out what's going on at the, st at the stadium, what's going on at the game, trying to figure out, you know, what's going on with the pitcher, his uh, shoulders hurt and he's having velocity issues, his velocity has dropped down, right? And mm -hmm. is that reflected in the price of the game? It might be minus 160, right? Take back plus 140, but they're not accounting for the pitcher who's doing with soreness in his shoulder that no one's mm -hmm. talking about and his velocity, his miles per hour on his you know balls and dropped down. So. You know, there's so many different factors uh, to really gauge bullpens. Uh, it's so many different variables that are constantly changing, but you want to try to find your edge whatever way you can. And that's mm -hmm. the most important thing. What's your number? Because, look, 
The books come out with a number, right? But mm-hmm. where's that number going? That's the right. difference. So, you know, we purchase numbers, especially in the baseball season, huge. Uh, over the accumulation, over the whole season, you know, you're betting how many games a day. How many, right. like there's 162 games in a season. So it's all about the numbers, especially in the baseball season. So how, as I'm going to take this to a weather part of it, as a meteorologist, weather impacts baseball, we know that. But how does that impact lines? How does that impact whether or not you're playing a game or not? Well, I mean, there's a thing called uh, the Home Run Favorability Index. I don't know if you've heard of it. I have, from your dad. You have. <laughs> yes, the Home Run Favorability Index is a very big factor. But, all right, so certain fields, right? are much more uh, prone to higher totals and prone to certain weather conditions, right? You look at Wrigley Field. When that wind's blowing out, it's different than Oakland blowing out. You understand? Right, so, yeah. like, so uh, or Colorado, for example, and the altitude, you know better than anyone. Yeah. Right? So you get a, the right pitcher in the right spot with the right team and the right variables, like I said before. And, you know, if I have a checklist and I'm checking all of them off, understand whether it's altitudes, this, wind's going out, pitcher, okay, the hitting, the way they've been hitting lately, okay, this guy was injured, but now he's back in the lineup. Bryce Harper was out uh, the whole season. Now he's back and he's right. playing in Colorado. Whatever the case is, you're lining up all these factors, check it off, check it off, check it off, check it off. And you make a decision off of that, man. You make a decision off the, you know, different variables you have. Say it once again. And what's not factored into the line is huge. So value is basically what it's you guys are value. looking for. Everything's value, right? So value is what we're looking for. That's why I said earlier, it's not about the number that comes out. It's about where that number's going. I take plus 140. That line drops to plus 110. You're saying right. closing line value, CLV. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, throughout the course of the season, it usually adds up and, you know, turns in your favor. Um, so, yeah, man, every day's a grind, especially in baseball season. Right. It's it's biggest grind more so maybe than other seasons because it's games every single day. There's no breaks. It's not like NFL where you have seven days from Sunday to Sunday to Sunday, you know what I mean? Right. So, You've got time to build your yeah. your Consensus. statistics and your data. Yeah, yeah. Let everything marinate. So this is constant like we have sheets and sheets and sheets of data that we keep track of. Like it's very uh, tedious. It's much yes. more tedious. Yeah. So you'd say it's the, the most tedious sport to handicap? Um, te- in terms of tedious, yes, it is, 100%, in my opinion. What about most difficult? Most difficult, most difficult. What is the most difficult? Uh, some sports I do not attack, like NHL. So for personally, yeah. for me, the NHL, like I, I leave that for other people. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I can't do the NHL. That's not my forte. That's not my avenue. So for me personally, the NHL would be the hardest. So tomorrow will be opening day. Um, we're talking betting on a day-to-day basis, but overall there's future bets. There's season wins over under. How do you decide? Like what gives you that value? Well, first off, you got to look at the field of competition and see the way the teams have progressed or they've regressed in your estimation, right? So, mm-hmm. okay, this team, they don't have the pitching to last long-term, right? This team, mm-hmm. they're uh, overvalued. And you're, you're weighing the divisions. Okay, opponents, they have this many matchups against them. Bam, bam, bam. And, for example, we went with the Braves, NL East uh, winners to win the NL East. Now, we looked at last year, the Phillies. I love the run they made. Trust me, I'm a Philly guy. 
Yeah. But there's a lot of things that ended up going in their favor, right? Um, mm-hmm. In Atlanta now, look at who's coming back for them. Soroka. And you saw him in spring training. Like, so, mm-hmm. okay, that's a plus now. Bam. You got that. Acuna the full year. Exactly, right? So you keep on adding in these things, and you look at how they were last year uh, compared to that to the Phillies. In order to replicate success like that, again, it's very hard to replicate something like that. And even then, uh, the Phillies, you know, they're dealing with some issues now. You look at that division, mm-hmm. you look at Bryce Harper, he's right. Reese Hoskins just got hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, you want to compare it to the field, compare it like for division future, compare it to the division, obviously. Uh, and you want to be able to keep track of all the ins, all the outs. Uh, if someone underperformed last year, right, their hitters mm-hmm. underperformed um, on a basis, you know, hitting below their averages. And you know they're better hitters. Well, maybe they're dealing with issues. They're dealing with injuries. Um, so there's a multitude and plethora of factors that you factor in. But, yeah, we are on the Braves to win the NL East. So that's a free move. Lock it in. So lock it in. You just heard it. Braves to win the NL East. I'm assuming that's plus money. I don't have the actual odds in front of me, but I'm assuming it's probably what? Plus 200? Plus 110 we took. Plus 110. Okay. So for gamblers who are just starting out, plus 110 means for every $100 you bet, you would receive $110 back as your winnings. Yes. In return. You get your original $100 back too. People don't understand how that all works all the time. So you're risking 100 to win 110 so that's what plus 110 if it was minus 110 you'd risk minus 110 to win 100 mm-hmm. yeah. so thank you for breaking all that down um is there anything this baseball season one thing i guess the biggest question with the new rules this year or the new schedule they're playing less in their division and more outside of their division so how did that handicap or how did that come into handicapping this season opposed to last so yeah new rules so all right uh, we have new rules, but the thing is there's no data on how – obviously you have spring training, some data, a little mm-hmm. bit, right? But um, you really don't have the data necessarily to know exactly how it's going to come – everything's going to change, but we are expecting more scoring, right? We're expecting mm-hmm. uh, the pitchers don't have the time they used to have, right? Now. So you have all these different factors, all these different things, and – they, in my estimation beforehand, point to more scoring and more probably totals coming out higher or whatnot. Uh, we'll see when the numbers come out with the you know throughout the season if the books adjust accordingly. Now, mm-hmm. if they don't, there's going to be value on the overs right. on you know the hitting teams or whatnot. So, uh, yes, that's something to look at. Definitely, that's something actually just slipped my mind before coming onto this podcast. But thank you yeah. for reminding me. Yeah, no problem, man. Uh, well, it's been awesome having you on. I know you guys have been killing it in the NCAA uh, the last couple of weeks. You, your brother, your dad. Uh, you can go find them at thephillygodfather.com uh, for all of your sports gambling advice and needs. Uh, any last thoughts on baseball season, basketball season? This is your time to get something off your chest. we got two free moves for March Madness Final all Four. Right. San Diego State under. And then we're going to go with the over in Miami, UConn over 148. So uh, lock those in. San Diego State was under 132. And we went over in Miami, Florida, UConn over 148 and a half, just in case you guys missed it.
Awesome. Well, thank you, Matt. Uh, and thank you to all of you guys. You guys, the whole crew, fantastic. At least they've been to me. Uh, and I know you guys are on Twitter. I follow all of you guys. Uh, so go find them at TCK underscore experience. That's the college kids, you, Bobby. And you just added another member to your team, right? Yes, we did. Maya Gasman. Um, yeah, she's. Uh, we've been teaching her for a little bit now. We're teaching awesome. her the ropes. And yeah. she's got a really good... Uh, I'd say handle on things. So stay awesome. tuned for my, uh, uh, a lot of things planned. Uh, and I'm just happy for the, what's, you know, to come the future. Thank you for having me. Of course. It was awesome coming on and talking baseball. Real quick. One last question. We are a bourbon and baseball podcast. We touched on the baseball part. Do you like bourbon? Do you like whiskey? So I don't drink much, right? I'm going to be honest. I, well, I drink a lot of coffee, but <laughs> yeah. I, um, no, if I had to, drink any type of whiskey just give me an old-fashioned man old-fashioned old-fashioned any type of old-fashioned nothing nothing in particular um i usually like i drink more so if i'm gonna drink i'm gonna drink a little vodka uh that's just my opinion that's how i am but when it comes to whiskey no i don't have any uh specific preference because i don't have it often but yeah well we'll have to get a sample sent out to you please please i'd love to yeah, uh, and go check out their merch too. I tell you, the most comfortable hoodie I've ever had—the College Kids Experience hoodie Thank that you. I got. Uh, so go check them out, and you can find him on Twitter as well at Matt Maltepes, M A T T M A L T E P E S. So thanks again for joining in. Uh, we loved having you. We'll probably try to check in later on the season, maybe after a couple of months, to see how the books have maybe changed things, how the season's been going, and if there's anything uh, you want to talk about then. Sounds good, man. Thank you so much. I'm more than happy and more than willing to come back on. So just uh, send me a message, let me know, and I'm right back on. Awesome. And again, a big thank you to Matt Meltepis from Philadelphia. He's a Phillies fan, but he just gave out a free pick, three free picks, actually, uh, two of them. Uh, you can try to get in as quick as possible. He gave out the San Diego State under 132 points this weekend in the Final Four and the Miami-UConn game over 143.5. Those are free moves. You usually have to subscribe to get those, so it's actually a pretty big thank you to Matt for giving those out with us. And also, he gave out a free baseball pick. He has the Braves winning the NL East at plus 110. That means for every dollar you bet, you win a dollar and ten cents back. So that would be one dollar turns into two dollars and ten cents. So go go take that advice. Matt and his crew are brilliant when it comes to sports gambling. They have crushed the NCAA tournament. Uh his brother has money on Miami Hurricanes from three months ago that I got information about. So uh if you're a gambling type, you may want to put some bets. Just be responsible, be smart. Don't throw your whole house on this, but Hey, at $10 for the Braves to win the NL East, you win double your money, basically. So go go toss a couple of shekels and have some fun with it. It gives you it gives you something to cheer about that's not just your normal team. Well, it, even if, yeah, if you're not for the normal team and you put a couple bucks on it, you're into the game a little bit more. Right. You're not losing. You're, you're betting, you know, your breakfast tomorrow morning. You're right. Not, maybe you don't go to McDonald's and get that cinnamon roll that, you know. Right. Like... I like to gamble on games. I put $10 when I bet. It's not anything that's going to make me lose my house. It's not anything that's going to win me a car, but 
it's just fun and it's something to be like, oh, all right, cool. I'm not going to pay much attention. I don't, I'm not a basketball guy, but I've got money on Miami since a couple of months ago. So I've been paying attention a lot closer to Miami basketball than I thought I was going to. So if you're a fan of baseball and if you're in a state where it's legal to gamble, uh, find a sports book that has the best odds. There's a lot out there. There's DraftKings, there's Barstool, there's FanDuel. Uh, we are not sponsored by any of them. We would love to be sponsored by some of them, but I doubt any of those execs are listening to us. But if you are, barrelsandbarrels at gmail.com. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so big again, thank you to Matt for jumping on. I think we're going to hear from him a couple of times. It was interesting to hear him talk about uh, pitching matchups and weather, uh, how that affects just the daily gambling, and we'll have more on that down the road. But that has been it for this episode of Barrels and Barrels, the Bourbon and Baseball podcast. I know it's been a little bit longer than normal. It is our preseason one, our final preseason opening one. We're day. Moving, it's opening we're day in, podcast. Opening days tomorrow, ladies and gents. Uh, hopefully you're listening to this on March 30th when this podcast drops. But maybe you're listening to this in October of 2023 as we are recapping the season to see how we did on our picks. So, Michael Burns, who do you have winning the World Series? Chicago Cubs. I mean, I mean uh, the uh, <laughs> Philadelphia Phillies. So Mikey's got the Philadelphia Phillies. I have the Seattle Mariners, uh, and they will be playing the San Diego Padres. San Diego. It means a whale's never mind. Uh, that has been all for Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon and Baseball podcast. Uh, you can expect a few more podcasts down the road. Michael's got fantasy B&B. Uh, Fantasy Camp uh, BNB over on Instagram. So go check them out. They'll have some more content coming up over the next couple of weeks. You can also find out more stuff here. We'll have some more bourbon reviews. Hopefully we get our hands on some Bardstown rye over the next couple of weeks. I know we've got some other bourbon to talk about, other bourbon to try, a lot of different samples. I've got like 15 samples here on the table that we need to try, Michael. So we're going to try to pump those out. And some mystery samples and also... Blue Notes sent us sent us some stuff. Uh, Barrel Ooh, Bourbon Company sent Note. us, um, yeah. Blue Note sent us some stuff. Um, Barrel Bourbon Company, uh, Barrel Craft Spirits sent us Bourbon Batch Thirty Four to try. So you can expect some of that down the road, and also uh, a couple of other different mystery samples, as Michael just mentioned. So that has been another edition of Barrels and Barrels, a Bourbon Baseball Podcast. Please, if you've made it this far, go follow us on Instagram. Go follow us on Facebook. And on YouTube, barrels n the letter n barrels at gmail.com uh, is where you can email us, and barrels and barrels pod is where you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Twitter is barrels and barrels. Michael, what's your Instagram handle? BNB underscore burns. And that is above his head here on YouTube. Mine is at whiskey underscore weather. Please subscribe to us if you haven't already on YouTube. Go ahead on, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Ditcher, whatever you stream. That's where you can find us. Google as well as iHeart and Amazon Radio Podcasts. I am Brandon Spinner alongside my best buddy, Michael Burns. Again, another episode of Barrels and Barrels of Bourbon Baseball Podcast. Our final one of the offseason because Major League Baseball starts tomorrow. I can't freaking wait. Michael. Any last words for our friends, family, and listeners? Let's go. Let's go.